Hi, and welcome to Calm Cash. I hope everyone is staying healthy and strong throughout these continually challenging times. We still aren't clear on all the impacts, both economically and socially, that this virus will bring our country, and that uncertainty can be really stressful. I'm feeling it personally, and I'm sure many of you are too. We all handle and process our stress and anxiety in different ways. For me, I like to take stock and make a plan because it gives me a sense of control back, even if it's just a little piece of it. What I did was make an inventory of things that I needed to review to make sure my financial situation was in a good place. Call it an annual financial wellness checkup. Just like we get a physical for our health, this is a version of it for our money. If you have some time, sit down and review the following areas of your financial well-being. So the place that we should start is our spending plan. And I don't like the word budget. Uh, I've said that before, and I continue to stand by that feeling. It's obviously a widely adopted term, but to me, it's restrictive and limiting when I picture it. So I call it something different. The term I prefer is spending plan, and that's exactly what it sounds like. A written or digital plan of the money that comes in each month and where you're going to spend it with the goal of having money left over. And that leftover money can go into emergency savings. It can go into investments like uh, putting money in an IRA um, or you know, spending it on things that, that you want to spend it on. So spending plans change as our personal situations change. And events like this pandemic are clearly factors that can cause us to rethink our spending plan. The places my wife and I spend money have greatly changed over the last month because of social distancing and staying at home. In some areas, we're spending less, like on restaurants, eating out, and paying for daycare. Our son hasn't been in daycare for over three weeks. But in other places, the spending has significantly increased, like with groceries, and certain Amazon orders that we're having to make. The short-term effect is we have more money than usual left over for right now, and that's pretty cool. Uh, so we're directing those dollars towards savings given the uncertain future in front of us. For Sarah and I, it's a time to be a little bit more conservative. If you don't have a spending plan or haven't looked at yours in a while, I encourage you to spend some time reviewing it now. Has your income been disrupted by this? Could it potentially be disrupted with all this chaos from the pandemic? Have you increased your spending on subscriptions and other entertainment during the quarantine? These are good things to understand and make sure that you're spending your money in the way that makes sense for today, but also for the future. Um, there are tons of good apps to help with budgeting, but I've talked about this one before. I especially like the Trim app. Um, to help you see recurring payments and also help uh, with negotiating certain bills on your behalf, like your cable bill or interest rates on your credit card. Um, your spending plan is really the beginning point that sets up the next areas that we'll talk about. Uh, so it's really the logical place to start. So after you've reviewed your spending plan, the next thing for me is going to be emergency savings or that rainy day fund. And I am sure if you've listened to Calm Cash before that you are tired of hearing me talk about emergency savings and rainy day funds. 
Well, COVID-19 is definitionally why emergency savings funds are important. Life happens and can throw us curveballs that impact our employment, our income, our our ability to spend, and our ability to save. And this is especially true if we get sick and incur medical expenses that were unexpected. And this is actually happening right now to thousands of people who are coming down with coronavirus and they're ending up spending time in the hospital and seeking medical care that's going to cost them money um, because only the tests right now are being covered for free. So these people that are in the hospital or they're in ICUs, there's going to be significant medical costs on the other side of this pandemic. And the scary thing is the majority of Americans don't have sufficient emergency savings, and it makes situations like this extremely challenging. So again, the goal is to ultimately have three to six months of savings for basic necessities like paying for your rent or your place to live, food, and paying our debts. Um, And on the debts, at least making the minimum payments. And what we're finding is as people get reduced hours, incomes, or, or even worse, they're losing their job, is they don't have money stashed away for these rainy days. So I know that three to six months sounds like a long time if, uh, and a lot, of, a lot of money to have. If you don't have that much saved up, just start by putting a couple hundred dollars in there um, and just making sure that you're setting, setting that away and continually putting money towards it um, as best you can. So now's a great time to review your emergency savings account and start to fund it more than, than you have in the past. And, you know, because for me, I think the, the future is pretty uncertain. And so having a little bit of extra cash on hand is going to be a good idea. So the next place to, to go would be our debt. And I, I mentioned um, minimum payments on, on paying debt, but the debt we carry, and whether that's in the form of credit cards, student loans, or things like mortgages are imperative to have captured in your financial picture. So these are our obligations and they have to be prioritized to prevent a compounding negative effect like late payments and hits to our credit scores if we fail to make those minimum payments. And for many Americans, my fear is that they'll get impacted by the negative economic outcomes of this impact like losing their job or having to take a pay cut, and they're going to start to fall behind on paying back their debts. And that cycle of not paying or or missing and getting those hits to your credit is just really destructive and has uh, long-term impacts, unfortunately. So to prevent that outcome, you have to know not only how much debt you have across all your accounts, but go a layer deeper. Understand your interest rates understand the payoff dates, and then it's imperative that you understand the monthly minimum payments. And you've really got to, at a minimum, pun intended, I guess, keep making those payments, but preferably paying more than the minimum each month, um, even if the income starts to get tight. But you know, to do that, you have to know where things stand. So now's a great time to take stock. So talking about credit, kind of an extension of that is a credit score. So that would be another really smart place to look if you're doing this kind of financial wellness checkup. So um, it's a really important number in our financial picture. And, you know, I think looking forward, we're going to be going into a situation where getting loans could be pretty tough. 
And that could be a loan for like buying a house or, or even buying a car as this economy evolves to respond to the pandemic. And so that means that people who are going to get access to those loans are the applicants with the highest credit scores and also the most stable income. So just kind of looking at the broad um, United States, average credit score is a 682, and that's out of 850. And so it's just always good to know how you stack up uh, compared to both the national and state averages where you live. So if you need a loan, um, of any type, the lender is going to compare you against other people, you know, your neighbors in your city and state to assess who's the least risky borrower. And there are a number of ways to find out your score. And I would actually start by just looking at your credit card provider. So online, or you could even give them a call. Many now will show you your scores for free. They'll show you how you stack up to the U.S. averages. And even some of them, I know Chase does this, they'll give you suggestions for how to boost your credit score if you need to get that number up. So if your credit card doesn't provide your credit score, you can go to ftc.gov and uh, search on there for credit scores uh, to understand more about what your rights are. So under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, the three big national credit reporting companies, so that's Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, they're all required by law to give you your credit report uh, for free once every 12 months. And the FTC website tells you how to get your report from each of those companies. And it's just a really good uh, resource if you want to learn more about that. So now we can start to talk about some things that hopefully are a place that will hopefully save us some money. So the next one would be to shop your insurances. And, you know, we actually get insurance on lots of things when you stop and think about it. Uh, you may have it on yourself in the form of life insurance. Um, you're required to have it on your car, uh, your house, if you have one. Um, and there are even some apartment complexes, the one that, that we used to live in, that required us to have renter's insurance um, before we could live there. And it's probably pretty low on your to-do list to shop your insurances, um, but you can actually save some pretty decent money by taking these coverages out to bid every so often. And I th the thing that makes this pretty great now is that technology has really helped the consumer, and there's a lot of pretty cool um, companies and startups that are helping in the space. And it's really easier than ever to find out if your current rates are competitive um, using sites like the Zebra and Gabby, that's G-A-B-I, uh, for car insurance to compare quotes from all the big insurance agencies. And then like Policy Genius and again, the Zebra let you shop and compare uh, for homeowners insurances. So there's also a pretty cool company called Lemonade um, that takes a really different approach kind of like a new business model for coverages. And uh, they're not available in all states, um, but they're doing some really interesting things and would uh, totally be worth checking out. Uh, so if you haven't compared coverages in a while, I bet you may find several hundred dollars in savings just by shopping around, um, especially if your credit scores and claims histories are in good shape. And those dollars add up over time and can be used to put towards your other money goals or to, towards boosting that emergency savings that we talked about earlier. Um, so just like one last one, um, and there, there's more we could probably talk about here, but um, you know, check your charity donations. 
And these are really tough times right now. And it means we have to take care of one another. And that can be done with an act of kindness or with our money to causes that count. So if you can afford it, I hope that you'll consider donating your money and eventually your time uh, when we aren't locked down anymore uh, to an organization that you believe in and have a passion for their mission. So for my wife and I, we've been involved with the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Dallas for almost five years now. And, you know, the work they do to develop kids and give them a safe space to learn and grow after school, it's, it's really amazing. It means a lot to us. And we choose to put our time and donations to that cause. And um, if you want a scientific reason to give to charity, um, this has actually been studied and it's pretty cool. So there's these two professors, uh, Elizabeth Dunn and Michael Norton, and they wrote a book called Happy Money. Um, and there's a section in there where they talk about kind of the science of giving. And what they found was they did a bunch of experiments and they found that, you know, how people spend money matters and it actually matters more than how much they spend. So in, in one of these studies they did that individuals who gifted $5 to another person actually had greater overall happiness than those people that spent $20 on themselves. And there's other show, studies that show that uh, donating activates the reward centers in our brain. And so, you know, whether you're doing it for the science, the science and the, the boost you can get out of it, or because you really have a cause that you're passionate about, you know, whatever your reason, um, consider making a donation, um, even if it's just five bucks. Because in these times when things are really starting to get tight, um, every dollar matters um, and every dollar can go towards uh, helping somebody that's in need right now. So, you know, there, there are a lot of other things we could talk about, but I think this is a pretty good list and a, a great place to start for right now. And we can always come back to some of those other areas in a later podcast. And, you know, I know this stuff isn't the most fun use of your time, but I guarantee you it'll be worth it once you get through it and you'll have a better uh, sense for where your finances are and hopefully a better peace of mind um, going through the exercise. You know, uh, my wife and I, we did it over a glass or maybe a bottle of wine. Um, and, uh, you know, that that's how I've been approaching a lot of these things. And uh, maybe that would work for you too. So uh, I definitely encourage you to give it a shot. And also, you know, if you like Calm Cash and the podcast, please tell a friend and encourage them to subscribe or follow. Um, but either way, uh, take care of yourself, stay safe, and I will talk to you soon.